0: Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a few minutes, AT&T has pushed through its merger with Time Warner, all the Time Warner channels. And although they promised the court that it would lead to lower prices for consumers, We immediately got gifts from them, if you do business with AT&T, of higher rates. I'm going to tell you about that in today's Clark Rage. And later, there's new news about how comfortable or uncomfortable you're going to be when you fly, and I'm going to fill you in on what's going on with you getting to know people in a lot more closer quarters than you might like when you take to the air. I want to talk right now about something I mentioned last month, and I've been testing it uh, since last month, and it is an ultra-cheap cell phone that works on all the cell phone carriers in the United States. It's one you can buy unlocked from Best Buy or Amazon or B&H Photo, among other retailers, and the phone is a fantastic bargain. It's called the Moto G6, and it retails at 249 although street price for it tends to be between 220 and 230 depending on the day you look, and the phone is extraordinary. At that price, you get a phone with a 5.7-inch screen, which is uh, bigger than like, let's say, an iPhone 8 Plus, which is 5.5-inch. This is 5.7, and it has great battery life. It's very easy to use. Android, so if you're an iPhone person, you're not going to like this probably, but it is a true deal in the marketplace, and usually when you look at a cheaper phone... There are going to be all kinds of compromises, and if I would think of anything on this phone that I'm not thrilled with, it is some of the interior shots I take, that if there's decent lighting inside, the phone does fine, but if it's not decent lighting inside, that's a disappointment. Other than that, everything about this Motorola phone is extraordinary, and what's exceptional, is in the United States, different from everywhere else in the world, normally you can walk, you can buy any phone you want. You don't normally buy them in other countries from a cell phone carrier. You just buy a phone and it, you put a card in it, some chip, some card, and it works on any network. That is something that is very rare in the United States, except for the Motorola line of phones, most of which will do that, And this, the Moto G6, a fantastic opportunity for you to save money. It is confusing, though, when you go to shop for the Moto G line because there's also the G6 Play. The G6 Play is cheaper, $50 cheaper than the G6. Uh, Some of the features are not as good on it, but it has more battery life typically getting you through two days of moderate use without needing a charge, which is fantastic for a cell phone. Again, this is the Moto G6, and nobody gives me anything. I buy whatever I test because the whole thing about what I'm about, unbought and unbossed. So anything you ever hear me talk about, good or bad, I paid for it as I did with this phone. And we're going to speak now with Jared. Jared, welcome to the Clark Howard Show.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Sure, Jared. How can I be of service to you? You know, I've uh, recently, uh, I, I've, been, I've been listening to you for quite a while, and I've recently been putting a lot of things into play. So one of those things is I really searched for a job that could offer me some really, really great retirement opportunities, and I've secured that. Um, I'm 41. I have no debt. I travel internationally for, for you know, this recreation pretty often, but I really want to know, um, I've got an IRA, I've got, I've got some basic investments going, but I want to know the smartest way to leverage my money moving forward, because I haven't done a good job in the past 20 years or so of setting myself up for success. All
0: right, well, by the way, you said something significant. You said you're 41, right? I am. Most people don't really think about saving for retirement till they have their fortieth birthday. So don't don't (laughs) don't feel like you're out of line or out of the normal range because in people's twenties and thirties, the idea of retiring for most people is so far off in the distance they don't really think about it. But the advantage that the individuals have who do start saving in their twenties as an example is they need to put aside a lot less money than you'll need to in order to have a comfortable retirement starting at 41 versus somebody who starts at 20-something. So Mm -hmm. you need to uh, think through first, when would you like to bag work? What age would you like to be?
1: You know, I won't. Um, I'll probably retire from my chosen career, but I'll never really stop working it's not really i don't see that as a healthy choice for me i i I like to be moving and thinking and interacting so for you
0: saving specifically with a retirement date or time in mind is not as important as is just creating the overall picture of more financial security
1: That's right. As I age, you know, by the time I'm 60, I really want to, I'm in the health industry, so I'm pretty aware of, you know, my timelines. And by the time I'm 60, I want, I want money to be pretty much a non-issue for me, if at all possible.
0: All right. So if you want it to be a non-issue, are you sitting or standing right now? Standing. All right. So uh, brace (laughs) yourself against something, because if you want to, in 19 years, to be in a position that you are, uh, not going to have anxiety about where the next paycheck's coming from. You're going to need to save uh, a shocking amount of your pay, somewhere twenty okay. to twenty-five percent of your pay.
1: Yeah, I'm in the position right now. Tell me how this plays out for you. I could, I could, I could conservatively uh, save about thirty thousand a year. And and, and what and percent of I your really pay is to, that? As much as forty. Um, that's probably. About 30% of my pay. Fantastic. I could, I could save more if I wanted to because I have no debt.
0: All right. So, so, see, I was all prepared for you to pass out, hit your head, and then your your survivors <laughs> to be suing me and all that. So I don't have to worry about any of that. You're you're cool <laughs> with this. All right. So, yeah, I appreciate it. So save the maximum that this employer allows you to do in your retirement plan. Are you offered both a, a Roth 401k and a traditional or only a traditional?
1: you know only a traditional i do have a roth ira and i have a pension with a with a full match from my company so my savings would be in 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 addition to that
0: great all right so put in the 401k up to the ma- up to the max you're allowed to yeah and do the roth ira up to 5500 in a year you've got the mm-hmm. pension as well you do that stuff consistently over your 40s and 50s You'll be fine by age sixty.
1: Are there any general? I know you got to go in time short. Are there any general investment thoughts you have on that scenario playing out well for me? Just places mean, where to do you my put, money put the money? To the smart places. Uh, yeah. So
0: I'm a big believer. For most people, unless you're really going to dig in and build a portfolio, that you just go with the target retirement fund choice. Okay. So
1: and that's through that uh, I I've seen a number of those I I've got one saved in my my documents from Vanguard. Is that where you would go?
0: Yeah, the Vanguard Target Retirement Fund Choice is great, and in your case at your age, normally you would be looking at like the twenty forty fund. Okay. Target twenty forty, and just going all in on that where they handle the diversification and they handle the ups and downs of the market. I just saw a academic study that people who do through a retirement plan at work, do the target retirement fund are more likely to stay in and chill through down markets than people that are picking and choosing individual
1: funds. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I've been picking and choosing a few and you know, you kind of start looking at it and over overreacting, I think. I haven't done anything yet, but this is perfect advice. I appreciate it.
0: Well, best to you, and I hope that this new career choice is great for you. And Dan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello,
2: Dan. Hi, Clark. A long time, second time. How are you today?
0: Well, great to have you here. I'm doing very well, thank you, Dan.
2: Hey, let me just jump right into it. Um, I went to buy a new car, and of course, I, um, after your advice, I had my own financing. Uh, that is, that I was just going to pay cash for the car, and I went in and. Um, uh, things didn't go to go as planned. They actually offered me a better uh, deal on my trade. And if I came in a day early, so I did got everything done, but I didn't bring a check with me for to pay off the car. So they had an introductory rate, or they had a three year rate of 0.9%. So I said, just go ahead and give me that rate, have the credit. And they said that they could, um, there was no penalty if I paid it off early. So I have, I I did finance the car at 36 months at the 0.9% interest and I can pay it off. If I wanted to own lump some, my question to you though is, does that hurt my credit in any way if I were to pay that loan off immediately?
0: Tell me what other forms of credit you have in your life.
2: Uh, just my mortgage. I have, uh, have a couple of credit cards, but none have any balance. All
0: right, so you're fine. If you wanna, if you wanna blow through that 0.9, go right ahead. But uh, I want to ask you, what are you doing? Like, uh, you know. Prior, I was just talking about Roth IRAs. Are you doing a Roth, and are you maxing that out?
2: Yeah, I make too much money for a Roth, but I do have IRAs and uh, my, my 401ks and all that stuff. So, yes, okay. yes, I am as per your advice. All
0: right. Well, if you if you have nothing else that you need to do with the money, you could. I mean, I could I could really get exotic here and say, well, you know, you could put the money in an online savings account and earn like two point one percent and you'd be making one percent on your money it's not enough to fool with if you are paying on a loan even at under slightly under one percent that has no real reason to exist in your life just pay it off if you're cash rich
2: that makes sense and I understand what you're saying about the value of money with the interest bearing against uh, me paying off that loan so it's something to think about but uh your advice really helps me thank you
0: well thanks and, and congratulations to you that you live your life in such a way that you handle it so well and are in a position to pay cash for a car with that being the case i want to mention one thing for you to look at that is going to be kind of weird but there's a way even though you make too much money that you can do a roth ira often referred to as the backdoor roth and i'd like you to uh, to go read about that and see if that's another piece of how you want to handle money in your life. Because even though you make too much money, there's this goofy way where you can open an obscure account known as a non-deductible IRA Mm -hmm. and then move the money into a Roth and be able, even though you don't normally income qualify, to have a Roth IRA.
2: Excellent. I will do that.
0: And one catch with that that I must always remember to mention is if you have money in traditional IRAs, it messes up you doing the backdoor Roth. So if you do have money in traditional IRAs, there's more work you'd have to do in order to be able to stash cash in the tax-free growth and tax-free spending of a Roth IRA. When AT&T convinced the court that it should be able to acquire Time Warner, One of the things they promised for the last couple of years is it would mean lower costs to consumers, but actually that turned out to be a big fat lie, and it's today's Clark Rageous moment.
1: Scams, ripoffs, outrages, it's a Clark Rageous moment.
0: So AT&T has pushed through an increase on all AT&T cellular customers that is a junk fee for administrative charges, which is going to make AT&T an extra billion bucks and cost you more money. And the DirecTV Now streaming service, those prices went up immediately after the merger. So this is a signal to you if you are a customer of AT&T or DirecTV now to go shop your plan because they said one thing to get merger approval and then immediately did something else, picked your pocket. And by the way, what is an administrative charge anyway? It's just a made up junk fee. ATT is not alone in doing that. In fact, of cell phone carriers, only T Mobile doesn't charge made up fees as part of your bill. In addition, prepaid carriers don't charge junk fees. Ironically enough, if you really like AT&T Wireless and you don't want to leave them even if they're picking your pocket, go to their own discount brand, Cricket, and get your service from Cricket. Cricket is owned by AT&T. It is AT&T. Everything about it is the same other than the rates are usually about 40% cheaper for the same service. So it's your choice. At Clark.com, we have two guides for you about making choices with cell phone plans. And there's a lot of newer, cheaper plans that you're going to see throughout the rest of 2018. And then for the streaming services that have proliferated so much can be so confusing who you should be with and who's got the channel lineups you're looking for, the services you're looking for. I have a guide for you at Clark.com on how to pick a streaming service. The most important thing for you to know is don't let one of these companies take advantage of you because you are a creature of habit. Being a creature of habit Particularly with technology services, internet for your home, television, cell phones, any kind of technology that involves a monthly subscription or monthly fee. If you have not shopped any of those things and you can't remember when, go do it. Your wallet will thank you. Glad you're here with us on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make and you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So an airline in Europe called Ryanair, which is one of the world's most profitable airlines, is an ultra-deep discounter. They're really the inspiration for what we have in America with the airlines people love to hate, like Spirit, Frontier, and Allegiant. And Ryanair wants to start selling an even cheaper standing seat that you kind of lean against this uh, fabric post and that in return for that you would get a much cheaper fare than somebody who gets a seat on the plane. This is not a spoof or a joke. They want to do it. And the funny thing is I, I love to stand for flights of up to a couple hours. I'd be all about that and I'd be happy to be in these standing things that are designed in a way that you wear a harness rather than a traditional seat belt and uh, why not? But most people would think I'm loco, right? And airlines are in a real focus in the United States for how they're shrinking the size of the seat and the room between rows. The FAA just decided they weren't going to take any action on what's known as aircraft densification. That's where more and more people are crammed into the same space with the worry being that in an emergency that people could not make it out of a plane in the safety mandated 90 seconds with people being all crammed in. So I'm not qualified to speak on the safety issue, but I am on the comfort side because I fly virtually every week of my life and I've watched with amusement as two of the nation's three fare airlines, United and American, have engaged in something that the industry calls cabin densification. And what that means is that they make the seat even narrower than it was before and take legroom away. American and United on a lot of their jumbos are adding an additional seat per row in addition to narrowing the legroom you have in those rows. So the seats on a long-haul international flight are 17 inches wide. Now, Bulletin, we as Americans have gotten bigger over time, not smaller. And truthfully, a huge number of American adults don't fit left to right in a 17 inch seat well so American United have gotten a lot of bad publicity about going to the cabin densification and the irony of it is in Consumer Reports just released data that will be in the uh, August issue of Consumer Reports American and United got failing grades on an overall customer satisfaction and They were down in the very uh, sub-basement territory right there with Frontier and Spirit, the two ultra-hard discounters. Allegiant actually outranked American and United. Of the full-fare airlines, the only one that got a passing grade was Delta, which got a mid-level C, a 75, and Delta very quietly didn't make any fuss about it, has decided they're doing the opposite of what American and United are doing and Delta, the world's most profitable airline, has decided that they are actually going to increase the width of seats on a lot of their international flights and they're going to have more room for passengers flying long hauls than exists right now as they redo the cabins in coach and so that is a complete opposite move and by the way southwest in its newest planes is putting in seats that are wider where you get one additional inch of width to the seat and think about it we're talking about a difference really between 17 18 19 20 inches in width of a seat let me tell you Somebody who flies every week, it makes a difference. And then the legroom you have in front of you, on that score, JetBlue gives more legroom than anybody else and has the widest seats in coach of anybody. But in the Consumer report survey, the three mid-price airlines had the highest customer satisfaction scores. Southwest highest, followed closely by Alaska, followed closely by JetBlue. So the deep discounters, people generally despise. American and United, people generally despise. But the three mid-price, people give really good scores to. And one of the things they do differently, in addition to potentially employee attitude is they give you more room in the aircraft, and I think that does make a difference. question is, there a role? If somebody was able to find that it actually was a life-and-death issue, what American and United are doing, then obviously there would be a role for the government to play from the safety side in making them put in fewer seats or giving more legroom. But the ultimate place, if there's not a safety issue... I think the right place to solve this is in the marketplace, and you decide with your dollars where you decide to fly and who you decide to fly with. Delta is clearly trying to create a differentiation with it versus its two full fair competitors, American and United, but the overall trend is towards giving you less space, and good for JetBlue delta and southwest giving you more of both mary is with us on the clark howard show hello mary hi how are you doing mary i'm doing good mary you want to go to the irish isle yep all right where in ireland are you headed
2: um we're heading to dublin when we fly in
0: okay and then what are you going to do once you get to dublin
2: um we we had a travel agency who set up a a very loose itinerary where we get to go anywhere. We'll get a we have a car, and we get to go about anywhere we want around the Ireland around Ireland for a week.
0: All right, you're going to find that uh, I have a real bias that most people share, which mm-hmm. is you're going to want to spend most of your time in Western Ireland, the western part of Ireland, not the eastern, northeastern part where Dublin is. Mm -hmm. And so you haven't, you've just gotten kind of a a sketch of how to do your trip, but you haven't bought it or picked specific dates yet. Is that right? Yes. All right. So I want to encourage you to expand your search for deals to both Shannon and Cork. Cork is uh, in the southwest of Mm -hmm. Ireland and Shannon is to the west. And often you'll find better deals to both of those, and they put you much more in proximity where most of what you're going to want to see in Ireland is going to be. Okay. Um, but in addition, there is a lot of air service into Dublin. There's more air service into Dublin than the other two. What time of year are you thinking of? Or are you looking for guidance from me on time of year?
2: Well, I was kind of looking for guidance from you, but at the moment we were thinking end of September, early August. I mean, sorry. Early October. Early October, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's a great time to go to Ireland because the big summertime tourist crowds are gone and you have less daylight, but still enough. And you'll find that fares are going to be very, very good for you going to Ireland, especially if you will expand your search away from just your home departure airport. Okay. There have been a lot of fares to Ireland of late that have been in the range of 200 to 300 round trip for late summer, early fall. Okay. And what I would suggest you do when you're looking for fares, go to google.com slash flights. And have you ever been to that website? Yes. And search fares specifically from Boston and New York to Ireland. Okay. From most of the United States now, because there's a big market share war going on to Boston from all around the United States, a lot of times it can really work out to buy a ticket to Boston first from wherever in the country you live, and then you take a cheap flight from Boston to Europe. Okay. And it means you have a little inconvenience. you got one stop and potentially two airlines. But a lot of times you can do both flights on the same airline. You're just buying two fares, one to get to Boston and then one from Boston to Europe. Okay. Yeah. What kind of prices are you seeing right now to fly to Ireland?
2: I found a... Um, Straight, no stops for six fifty eight.
0: Six fifty eight for late September, early October. In prior mm-hmm. years, I would have said, "Hey, that's a great deal; just buy it." But with the heightened competition right now, I would say not to jump on that unless the whole idea of changing planes and potentially having to change airlines is more than you want to deal with. Then I would say six fifties. A, a good fare for September. Uh, and any year in the last five or six, I would have said, yeah, grab that, but not with fares as low as 200 right now heading over to Ireland and other spots in Europe. Adam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. How you doing? Good, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Adam. So you got a question for me about college.
3: Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. So... My daughter has got two more years to finish up to get her undergraduate degree, and she needs money to help her do this. So we're researching loans, and um, I know I'm not supposed to co-sign for her as a you know, suggestion, <laughs> but all these loan companies want me to co-sign her loan. Exactly. And I'm
0: nervous about that. (laughs) Right, as you should be. So if she's beyond her ability to borrow under the federal student loan program.
3: Yeah, she is.
0: Any loan you do is either going to be a parent plus loan or it's going to be, and they call it something slightly different than that now, but anyway, the, the parent loan, or it's going to be going to a private lender to borrow. And in either case, you're on the hook because... Your daughter, being a student, doesn't have the ability to qualify for that borrowing on her own, and they're going to make you sign on the line either way, whether you do a a loan that you are solely responsible for, or a loan that you share responsibility for with her.
3: Okay. So, how do all these kids get all this money nowadays? Are their parents signing for them? For
0: graduate school, there's an unlimited amount of money, and I find that... Most of the callers I hear from that have massive amounts of student loan debt yeah. are people who acquired that debt in graduate school or professional school, where under the federal program, you have basically unlimited borrowing.
3: Well, I guess by today's standards, she won't be, you know, she'll be in debt once you graduate $30,000, forty more than I like, but...
0: That's not a tragedy, You know, the way I look at it and my formula over the years has been the tripwire is you never want to borrow more for a degree than what you're going to earn the first year in your job with that degree. Okay. And so at 30, odds are she's going to be fine. At 40, you start getting into territory where it could outrun what she might earn her first year or so out of school. Yeah, well,
3: hopefully that's not the case.
0: All right, now if you do a loan where it's her loan, but you co-sign, you need to stay on that like a hawk when she finishes, because if she gets flaky or forgets to make a payment or whatever, not just her credit gets ruined, yours gets ruined too. Right. So you want to have online access to the loan and make sure that it's getting paid every month, just like any other bill, whether you're going to choose to pay it or expect her to pay it. Yeah. What, kind, little, what kind of difference is there in the interest rate on the federal parent loan versus what you found fixed rate from private lenders?
3: I think it was the difference between like 35 to
0: 6%. So you can get, really, you think you can get a fixed 3.5%? That's
3: the, the um, what do they call it, when you get it from the government.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So you whatever money you can borrow at three and a half, you want to do that first, as long as it's sure. a fixed rate. And then after that, there's going to be a lot of offers for various variable rate loan programs that'll have what look like low rates. Don't take any of those, only take fixed rate loans and compare the terms of each of those. And with private lenders, there are uh, less rights you have available to you, later on than you do with federal. So a private loan needs to be a good point lower in interest rate before it's worth doing versus doing any kind of federal
4: borrowing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Hey, Clark. It's great to talk with you again. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you, Mike. And I am so glad you're here because you are going to give a firsthand experience on an eBay scam that is a growing hassle for ebay sellers hit us with how it works in the shortest form you can
5: sure uh, i recently sold an item on ebay and uh, received the payment like normal and then within 10 minutes i received an email from a supposed the supposed buyer saying oh uh, i just bought this item from you i um, sorry to trouble you but i actually um, am in a different location now i'm taking care of my brother who's sick uh if you could please send to send it to this address instead. And at first I didn't you know, I I thought it looked legit and then I noticed that um the username that the, the message was coming from was different than the buyer the buyer's username and the the uh, message that I received the username had zero feedback. So um you know things looked a little bit fishy and um, so you know, and then I noticed that the that username had just signed up for eBay um, just recently. So so it looks like that there's people out there that are um, looking for you know finished auctions and um, contacting the people looking to um, have them ship the Divert item to them. the
0: item to the crook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens in that case? You would have lost twice. You would have lost your merchandise and you would have lost the money. It would have just been as bad as it could be. And this is an important warning for any eBay seller. And, Mike, I appreciate it. Be very wary of people that troll, sold items, and try to get the shipping diverted, pretending that they are the winning buyer. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.